0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Very welcome indeed you are. Father Brendan Kilcoin with the Brendan Option, coming to you from Immaculata Productions, Athen Rye. Um, you might, as usual, consider subscribing to us. That it may not seem much to you, but it does us good in several ways. And if you can spare a few... Bob, as we say in Ireland, you might send something to us. Uh, PayPal, Patreon, whatever, whatever you can do for us. Uh, any, bit of, any bit of help at all. The old kiss of life, as they say. You know, the old kiss of life. When I began this series of videos, you may, some of you may remember, those of you who were there from the start will remember that I, I promised you, a, a, you know, a bi-weekly helping of theological McNuggets. Mm? Little bites, little bites. Well, I, I have McNuggets for you this evening. You, you will have your McNuggets. But I thought perhaps you might have a little bit of an appetite and might stretch to a quarter pounder as well. And I'll even throw in a shake. How about that? All right, apple pie and ice cream. Jeepers, you play hard. Okay, here we go. Because I am an Irish priest in Ireland going to talk to you about knock now knock is a serious bit of kit so you know this is just really a mac nugget it is fairness i'm just going to glance on it but i would hope to do quite a few more down the line because knock really deserves the attention not just of irish catholics in ireland But of the the millions of Catholics abroad who are of Irish descent and I would have thought Catholics everywhere and the Holy Father seems to agree with me. Now there you are, I'm a very humble man because he has just confirmed that Knock is indeed an international shrine. The shrine at Knock at the moment is looking absolutely fantastic, the present parish priest Father Richard Gibbons has just brought it into the modern world or completed the work of his his predecessors in doing so. But what I love about Knock has only been brought out clearer by, by Father Richard's fantastic work. What I love most about Knock is how Irish it is. And it's a great gift to the Irish church. Knock doesn't try to make you like it. She's looking well, but you get the impression She doesn't care whether you like how she's looking. Like maybe many is the truly beautiful woman. She's looking well. There she sits in the rain, and you can take her or leave her. This gal, she's not going to come, she's not going to, how I put it, she's not going to pander to you. And I love that about Nock. I love it because I come from the stock, as most of us do, who saw the vision at Nock, who were, they were ordinary people. They may not have been the poorest of the poor, but they were pretty poor. And, and I, I just, I, I love the fact that it's a silent apparition. I'm so proud of that, even though we get slagged about it sometimes by Catholics from other countries. You know, but how strange that is. I think there's only one other in the world. No locution, no message, no, no, I mean, no, no, you know, spoken message, no words. I just love that it's, it's so Irish uh, in the sense of which Tom Wolfe, the American author writing about the Irish cops in New York identified, you know, he, he talked about the locker room smile of the Irish cops. It was warm and direct and immediate, but never ingratiating. And I love that about Knock. It doesn't treat you like a kid. It expects that you have come searching for something, that you're a searcher. And if that's what you are, you have business in Knock. So what's the story of it? Very quick, broad brush strokes. 21st of August, 1879. Nock, little village in Mayo, near Claremorris, which is a decent-sized town in Mayo. Not a badly off area, not too badly off Nock. It was poor, but still, they were getting by. The land isn't too bad in that area. It was raining. The parish priest, a devout man who really has received very little attention in Ireland, but that's the Irish for you, Bartholomew Cavanagh, He had just finished a a series of 100 Masses for the Holy Souls. A great devotion in that regard. And a girl passing the church in the evening thought that the parish priest must have taken delivery of some new statues. Now, indeed, I think there was some talk of new statues for the church because uh, there were brightly shining figures in the church grounds, uh, specifically on the gable the the high altar gable, Hmm? they were there, on the gable of the of the chancel. If we're being correct, it transpired that what was happening, objectively real, independently of anyone seeing it, was technically it would be called a theophany. It was an extraordinary sight. It's almost unique in terms of apparitions. A group of witnesses congregated. The parish priest was told about it, but tragically, for for some reason that was never clarified, he didn't go down. Some would say it was out of humility. Some would say it was out of fear. I don't know. He didn't go down anyway. Uh, Some 16 people of different ages gathered and saw it. Some went, some came. You can imagine the scene. It was raining, raining quite heavily. There were figures which were luminous to the extent later it was claimed that it might be phosphorescent paint, but that turned out to be impossible scientifically. Now, all right, I'll tell it to you the way They told it to us because a commission was immediately set up by the legendary Archbishop McHale who was then within a few years of his death at a very great age. He died a few years later, senior prelate of the entire Catholic Church, still Archbishop at 91. And McHale uh, set up a commission to look into it, a commission of priests. And they reported that the evidence of the witnesses was trustworthy. They didn't say it had happened but that the evidence was trustworthy. They found the witnesses trustworthy. Hmm? The witnesses saw one, two, three figures. Now, I said not poor, 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 but look, this is not long, a few decades after the Irish famine, they weren't exactly making the big bucks, okay? These people were, they were not on the edge, but fairly close to it. On the left-hand side, as I look, on the left-hand side, was a figure that they immediately recognized as being the mother of god our lady she was dressed all in white in flowing white with a white cloak clasped at the throat all in white no blue no gray all in white that's knock actually a very beautiful statue if you come across it on her head was a golden crown fascinatingly she had her eyes upward and her hands in the Oran's position, like so. Look familiar, Latin mass people? Yeah, it's like the priest. They, they, they tell us that the priest used to practice with a china plate under each elbow when they were learning to say mass for the old mass. And this is the Oran's, the praying position. So she has her hands in the priestly gesture. On the left, to the left of her as I look at her, as they looked at her, Uh, as they reported it, was Saint Joseph. Or they certainly regarded him as being Saint Joseph. He was turned toward her with his hands joined. On the right was a figure whom they identified as Saint John, the Evangelist. And when they were asked, not unreasonably, bored As to how they could know that, one woman answered indignantly that he looked exactly like his statue in Lekanvi Church. Well, I mean, how does God talk to people, okay? How do you talk to people? Language means a system of agreed signs, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's not communication if the two sides don't recognise the signs. Right? Alright. St John, he, he had a mitre on his head. A short one, they said. Short mitre. He had a book in his hand and his arm up in the preaching position, like so. We got it? More or less. Right. That's the three figures. You get me? And then to the right, as I look, to the right was an altar, plain and unadorned. On the altar was a lamb. But as they describe him, not like the kind of lambs that would have been found on an Irish farm at the time. Behind the lamb was a plain cross, but not all the visionaries were in agreement on that. I think one visionary kind of said later, I don't know about the cross, I'm not clear, I didn't notice the cross. You see where I'm going? Uh, There was something endearingly, like the Gospels, it was endearingly trustworthy about them. Uh, there was a bit of disagreement. A few of the visionaries, okay, were there angels? It's agreed that they were angels, but the visionaries weren't I, unanimous on that. Some saw lights around the altar and the lamb. It's agreed there were angels, yeah. Some saw their feathers fluttering. It was essentially a theophany, which is a demonstration of God's power and glory to a number of people to, in public. There was a a, a vastly bigger, a huge Theophany at at Fatima, the miracle of the sun. Uh, Other apparitions are entirely private. It was completely silent. It was there for some hours without any locutions. You understand locutions? Where she says something. There was nothing said. Nothing. No witness said anything was said. No witness. Completely silent. I think there was one other uh, apparition, maybe in Belgium, that was silent. But I think mostly they're not. That was it. Very Irish apparition. She said nothing. Nothing. There she was in the rain. But here's the thing. It's regarded as a Marian apparition, pop in popular terms, and Knock as a Marian shrine. That's only partly true. Knock is, in fact, a Eucharistic apparition, an apocalyptic apparition, and a Eucharistic shrine, right? It is. The clear, most important thing there, well, Our Lady is praying. She's referring outside of herself. Joseph is referring outside of himself. John is again referring outside of himself. It is the lamb on the altar that is central in the apparition and the cross behind the lamb. Knock is a kind of a living iconostasis. It's a panel of icons, living. The figures shimmered as one drew close to them, they seemed to move back. Uh, One of the witnesses tried to touch them and her hand went right through. She felt the ground underneath. Although it was raining heavily, the ground was completely dry. It lasted for a few hours, and then it just stopped. The only contemporary um, trickery that could have been done was a magic lantern, and there were magic lanterns in the area. They were a very primitive kind of large, clumsy projector that could project a static image. You couldn't operate a magic lantern in concealment in the circumstances. There were experiments done. It was impossible. It would have been impossible to do. We can go into that those details again. A magic lantern doesn't work. Even secular uh, uh, students of the apparition who don't believe in the, the, any divine aspect to it, they, they view it as a social phenomenon, a social psychological phenomenon. Uh, even those don't, don't regard the magic lantern as a, as a runner at all. Phosphorescent paint won't work. There are a whole lot of things that were suggested they don't work. Mass hallucination, social psychologists again tell us, mass hallucination is not, it, it, it doesn't happen the way people think. Oh, you're not required to believe in Knock. You're not required to believe in Lourdes or Fatima either. They're not defeated. they're not part of the deposit of faith. The best I can tell you is two popes have seen fit to pray there. One of them the great John Paul II, the second Francis, who went out of his way in a very short visit to to accede to the to the um, sincere request of the Irish Church that he, he pray at knock, and in respect to the Irish Church he prayed at knock. I believe in knock. I'm not required to, but I do. I don't require you to believe in it. I do urge you to come make a study of it and consider. I believe Nock has a tremendous message for us and has a a a storehouse of graces waiting for anyone who wants to unpack them. I'm not the only one saying this. And I believe one of the biggest things that we can take from Nock, with its apocalyptic, eucharistic, Marian, its multi-layered, visual, theological richness, I believe that one of the most powerful things we can take from it is that in the words of Julian of Norwich, all will be well. And all will be well. And all manner of thing will be well. It's your call. God loves you. God has saved you. If you wriggle out of his arms and jump back in the water, there is nothing he can do about it. It's done. Take the bounty. Join up. God bless you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.